Is Drew Timmy the man to lead Gonzaga to the promised land, or were the Zags better off with Efton Reed as a starter? Will Rasir Bolton come off the bench this year? Will Hunter Salas be a lottery pick? Could Dominic Harris be Gonzaga's third leading scorer? You all sent me your spiciest, hottest takes, and I'm here to grade every single one of them, even the chili pepper level ones, right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day, as well as those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube. Do so if you haven't yet already. Just go to YouTube.com, search Locked On Zags, and hit that subscribe button. All right, for those of you who are new to Locked On Zags, this was a segment. We call it Andy Locks. It is a play on Goldilocks. It was a listener-suggested segment that we ran once per week during the regular season where you... Dear listener, submit your hot takes to me either on Twitter at ScoreZagScore or via email at AndyPatton013 at gmail.com. I take your takes, I put them down here in my note sheet, and I give each and every one of them a grade. Too hot, too cold, or just right, hence the Goldilocks reference there. So that's what we're doing today. I I thought maybe with the roster being more set, we'd have some more takes to come out, and boy howdy, Do we have plenty of takes to grade from you all today? Without further ado, we are just going to get right into them. This first take comes from Burl underscore Dub on Twitter, who says, Few gets his first natty and Drew Timmy wins player of the year and gets his jersey in the rafters as the best Zag ever. Why not start with this one? I'm going to give this just right. When I label a hot take just right, it means that I think that it's a good hot take doesn't necessarily mean I think that it's going to happen. Although in this case, if Drew Timmy wins National Player of the Year and gets his jersey in the rafters, it's probably because the Zags won a national championship and he was the guy who got them there. This team is going to be a preseason number one, number two. They're going to be right in that conversation. No reason not to think they're going to compete for a natty again this year. Next question comes from Mike at Upper95215 on Twitter. Who says, Drew Timmy ends his career as the Zags' all-time leading scorer. That's right, folks. It is Drew Timmy segment number one here. So Drew Timmy averages just around 600 points per season. He put up, I think, 592 and 608 in his past two seasons. Uh, His first season, of course, he was coming off the bench, so it was a little bit lower. Uh, It's pretty reasonable to expect him to score right around 600 points again. If he were to score 600 points this season, he would fall short of being the number one overall scorer in Gonzaga history that, of course, still belongs to the great Frank Burgess. Timmy would need 675 points to eclipse Burgess and be Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer. Don't think it's super likely, but don't think it's impossible, which is why I'm going to give this take a just right as well. Next take comes from Christian via Gmail. Christian says, 
Drew Timmy will have the most total points and offensive rebounds in the history of Gonzaga men's basketball by the end of the 22-23 season. Yeah, so we already touched on the points. Uh, offensive rebounds, Timmy would need 83 offensive rebounds to break Gonzaga's career record for offensive boards. The most he's ever gotten in a single season is 72 so again, yeah, it's possible. It's possible he gets the most offensive rebounds of his career this upcoming season. No Chad Holmgren, who obviously sucked up a lot of offensive rebounds. I don't think it's particularly likely, although he is going to potentially be in lineups with less front court presence if we do see a lot more of that Julian Strother at the four lineup. Again, I'm going to label this just right. I don't think it's likely to happen, but I do think that it is possible. Next question, or next take, I should say, comes from Lothar King on Twitter, who says, Timmy makes more threes in his senior year than he made in the previous three years, which was 15, and he takes more threes his senior year than he took in his previous three years, which was 51. So I'm going to say this is just right as well. I promise not every take is going to get the just right moniker, but this one I think is a quality hot take. I thought this was going to happen last year. I distinctly remember there was a bunch of buzz over the offseason. Drew Timmy's been working on his outside shot. He's taken 300 threes per day, all of that. He came in last year, didn't take more threes. I kind of think that's what's going to happen again this year. You look at the setup. Again, we don't know what the starting lineup's going to look like. I'm operating under the assumption that we're going to see three guards, Julian Strother and Drew Timmy, a lot. In that situation, there's just not really any reason for Drew Timmy to be away from the basket ever, so I don't know why we would see him taking a lot of threes. Now, obviously, there are potential lineup situations where he's in the game with Efton Reed or he's in the game with Anton Watson. Those two guys could, in theory, be playing more down low, under the rim, stretching Timmy out. I think he's probably going to take more threes that he's ever taken in his career, but I don't know that he's going to take more than he has taken in the past three years combined. That would be a little surprising to me, which is what makes this a good hot take. The next one comes from I don't see you ROG on Twitter. He says, if we start Hickman, Smith, Bolton, Strother, Reed, we'd win the title. Timmy is the best player, but the play through him offense won't win us a title. Reed would be an elite PNR guy with Smith and Hickman. I know it sounds crazy and it's a hot take, but Reed slash Baba is a title, not Drew Timmy. Yeah, this one caused some controversy on Twitter. For those of you who were there, uh, a lot of people had some thoughts, had some conversations for the record. If I'm asking you to submit your hot takes and you don't like what somebody says, that's kind of the point of hot takes. So I don't think we need to be bashing anybody uh, for, for having particularly spicy takes. I, what I don't really understand here is the concept that Reed would be an elite pick-and-roll guard with Smith and Hickman. What about Efton Reed would make him a better pick-and-roll partner than Drew Timmy, who has always been very, very good at scoring out of the pick-and-roll? Efton Reed, who is a great player, and I don't want to disparage him. That's not the point of answering this question. But there is not anything offensively that he does better than Drew Timmy. Nothing. He's a 48% free throw shooter last year, 55% two-point shooter, which is not bad, but Drew Timmy has been over 60% throughout his career around the rim. He's a 25% three-point shooter last year. Drew Timmy's not, you know, he's right, that's comparable to these two guys. I just don't see how a center who averaged six points and four rebounds on a middling to average LSU team last year is more likely to lead Gonzaga to a title than Drew Timmy, who quite literally has already led Gonzaga to a national title game. Yes, they did not win it, but Drew Timmy, without Drew Timmy, the Zags do not make that national title game. 
Drew Timmy dropped 30 against Brady Manek in the second round. The same Brady Manek who was the second best player on a North Carolina team that went to the national championship last year. That same guy, Drew Timmy cooked him for 30 in the second round last year. He cooked Evan Mobley, who was a candidate for Rookie of the Year in the NBA last year and has the potential to be a future Defensive Player of the Year or at least all-defensive team player. Drew Timmy dropped 25 on him against USC. That's how they advanced out of the Elite Eight and into the Final Four. Look at Drew Timmy's numbers against UCLA. This the, Last year, they don't even make the Sweet 16 without Drew Timmy. They lose in the round of 32 for the first time in eight years last year if Drew Timmy doesn't go absolutely nuclear in the first four minutes of the second half against Memphis. You can believe that Drew Timmy, the Zags won't win a national championship with Drew Timmy, and you might be right. If that's the take, that's not that hot of a take because the Zags have yet to do so, and it's reasonable to expect they won't do it next year either. It's really freaking hard to win a national championship game. But I don't think that the Zags are better with Efton Reed currently in the starting lineup. I don't think that Drew Timmy being the guy that the Zags go to offensively is the reason that the Zags won't win a national championship. And beyond all of that, I've seen this take a few times, and the thing that I don't understand is this belief that, well, if you put Efton Reed in instead of Drew Timmy, then we won't funnel the offense through the post. Yeah, Mark Few has always done that. He's always done that. They, if, if it was a different post player that wasn't Drew Timmy, the Zags would just do the same thing offensively. It would just be less efficient. That's where I, that's where I think this take kind of gets lost on me. Uh, and again, I've, I've seen other ones similar to it where, it's, oh, if, if we didn't have Drew Timmy, then we would do something different offensively. We have about 20 years of evidence to say that that's not entirely true. <laughs> the Zags' half-court offense is probably going to be funneled through the post players. And if Drew Timmy is about as efficient of a low post score in the half-court as the Zags have ever had, give me him over anybody else to help lead this team to a national championship. Final question of the segment, or excuse me, take of the segment, another one from Christian. Christian says, at some point during the season, Drew Timmy will shave his facial hair for a commercial and then grow it back for the same ad campaign later in the season. Look, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Drew Timmy, the man, is a master of selling himself for commercials, of being a product worth that people are interested in, invested in. If he has to shave his face in order to make some money, go get your money, my friend. Absolutely worth it. Would love to see it. All right, we're going to come back in the second segment, and we're not going to talk that much more about Drew Timmy. We got most of the Drew Timmy takes out of the way here in segment number one. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the guards. We're going to hear some more very spicy takes. But before we get there, let's talk about today's sponsor, Bet Online. College basketball may be over, but the NBA Finals are still raging on, and the MLB, WNBA, and more continue into the summer. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two, still in Patton. Still locked on Zags, and the ultimate NBA mock draft starts up 
on June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. The first pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. All right, coming back, more listener-submitted hot takes to grade here for Andy Locks. This next one comes from Jacob Quarter 2 on Twitter. He says, the Zags will have three first-round picks in next year's NBA Draft. So I think this is a little too hot. I, I, I have a really hard time seeing how this would shake out, mostly because of the aforementioned Drew Timmy. I said we weren't going to talk about him that much in the second segment. We're still going to talk about him. It's hard not to. Drew Timmy's going to be Gonzaga's leading scorer next year, almost certainly, barring, of course, injury or a very shocking development for somebody else on the team. If the offense is continuing to go through Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy's not going to be a first-round pick next year. That would be very, very surprising. I know that Corey Kispert kind of did has done that, came back to school for his senior year and exploded up draft boards. I just don't see it with Drew Timmy. He's a pretty finished product. We know what he is, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. They don't translate as well to the modern NBA. So if Drew Timmy is going to be the leading scorer for the Zags, the guy who gets the most shots and he's not going to be a first round pick, pretty hard to find three other guys who might end up going in the first round. Julian Strother, potentially a first round pick next year. That would not surprise me. You got your two five-star guards, Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman. If either of them were to really blow up, potentially they could be first-round guys. After that, it gets pretty murky. I don't see it for Malachi Smith. I don't see it for Rasir Bolton. I don't see it for Dominic Harris. I don't see it for Anton Watson. So it's just kind of hard to find a way to make three guys on this roster first-round picks next year. Over the course of their collegiate careers, could three of these guys end up being first-round picks? Absolutely. But all in the same year next year, not quite sure they're ready for that. Next take comes from Strike Nowhere on Twitter, who says the Zags are going to lose a midseason transfer. So I think this is too hot as well, mostly because this has just pretty much never happened to the Zags. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember this. Midseason transfers are very rare in the Gonzaga program. I think at this point, the roster the roster is probably pretty well set. I, I would be very surprised if there's any changes between now and the start of the season. So these guys know what the situation is. They know who they're competing with. They know how many talented players are on the roster. If somebody were thinking, hey, I don't think I'm going to play enough next year to my liking, they would probably transfer now. Now, of course, transferring now puts you in a situation where you probably have to sit out next year unless you apply for a waiver because the deadline has passed to enter the transfer portal without having to do so. So there are... Guys who are probably thinking, well, I'll just stick it out. I'll compete my butt off for playing time and then see what happens next year. But in that case, I don't think those guys would make the decision to transfer in the middle of the season. I think end of season transfers, very possible on this team. It depends how things shake out. It depends how many guys are looking like they're going to head out to the NBA draft. But I would be pretty surprised to see somebody make the decision to transfer in the middle of the season. That is pretty, pretty rare. Next take comes from Goldbloom underscore Matt on Twitter, who says, we lose two games prior to the NCAA tournament. So I actually mark this as too cold, which I usually use when I think a take is more the expectation as opposed to something that's unlikely to happen. I kind of feel like two losses feels about right. That would be a, a very good season, to be clear. Losing two, two, only two games all the way until March Madness is phenomenal. The Zags team from 2020-2021 has spoiled us a little bit in the sense that they didn't lose any prior to that point. But you look at this the non-conference slate, they're going to play some very good teams in the PK-85. They, of course, have Alabama. They have 
Uh, Baylor already on the schedule. They're going to play some really good teams. St. Mary's is going to be very good in conference. It's really hard to beat them three times in a season, as Zags fans are very familiar with. I think two losses feels about right. I don't know that I would bet on it necessarily, but I don't know that it's a particularly hot take either. Next take comes from Dad Risk on Twitter, who says, Bolton starts to begin the year, but is coming off the bench by January. I'm going to put this as just right, uh, but I'm also going to say that I don't think this is going to happen for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think Rasir Bolton came back to Gonzaga to not start. I think, and I understand that this this says that he's going to begin the year starting, but I would be surprised if he played himself out of a starting role. Mark View loves veterans. I mean, he loves playing older guys to a to a detriment at times. He played Corey, he ran Corey Kispert ragged in his senior year. He played that guy 34, 35 minutes per night. And you could argue that his poor shooting performance in the NCAA tournament, culminating in a, in a bad game against Baylor, could have been in part because of fatigue. He's probably not going to tell you that. Coach Fee is probably not going to tell you that. But you read between the tea leaves there, that could be a situation. Rasir Bolton is a veteran. He's now in his second season in Spokane. He's been in college basketball for a long time. It would be very out of character for Mark Few to bench a veteran guy in the middle of a season unless there was a very obvious reason to do so. Now, he has made start, he has made starting lineup changes in the middle of seasons before, notably a couple years ago when he switched Andrew Nempart into a starting role over Anton Watson. Anton Watson was a second-year player at the time, not as an experience of a player as Bolton, and that was more of a positional shift. I could see the Zags trying to do a positional shift here, but I'd be fairly surprised if Rasir Bolton began the year starting and did not finish the year starting. Next take comes from skunk underscore ape on Twitter. It's a kind of a bevy of takes all in one. He says, Salas is the most improved player. Bolton is the sixth man. Strother leads the team in scoring and Dom leads in three point percentage. So we'll skip the Bolton one because we just covered that one. Salas is the most improved player. I think that's too cold. I think that... He's basically competing with Nolan Hickman for that role. Dominic Harris, I'm not sure you can count him because he didn't play last year. I don't think we're going to see enough of Ben Gregg or Caden Perry to count them. Drew Timmy's not going to be the most improved player. He doesn't have that much more room to grow. Same with Anton Watson. Same with Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother. Salas and Hickman are kind of the only options here. I'm leaning that it's going to be Salas. Strother being the team's leading scorer, that's too hot. I just, he's going to be second, I think. I think that's that's a very reasonable take, but I would be surprised if on a per-game basis he scores more points than Drew Timmy. Dom leading the team in three-point percentage, I like it. That's just right. I'm not, I think Bolton and Malachi Smith are very, very obviously a part of that conversation as well, and Julian Strother for that matter, but it wouldn't shock me if Dominic Harris, in part because I think he's going to take a few less than those other guys, it wouldn't shock me if he's the guy who has the highest percentage when the, when the season is up. Next take, take, excuse me, comes from Yanks Zags on Twitter. He says, Dominic Harris will be the third leading scorer behind Timmy and Strother. Wow, this is too hot in my mind, and I love Dom, and it's not to disparage him, but I don't think he's going to have the minutes to be the team's third leading scorer. Rasir Bolton's going to start, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. We talked about Mark Few's love of veteran guys. Malachi Smith is a veteran guy as well. He's been in college for a long time. Bolton and Smith are both older guys. Mark Few loves old guards. It's something he's always, always wanted. That's why they've always gone after guards aggressively in the transfer portal when they've had holes they needed to fill. I just don't, I, I don't see Dom playing over either of those guys. And I think he's going to be in the mix for playing time with Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas. 
I wouldn't be shocked if he plays more than those guys. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. But I still don't see a role where he's getting enough looks to be the team's third leading scorer. And the final take of the second segment, this comes from Zag Parker on Twitter, who says, Salas becomes a starter and is a late lottery pick in the 2023 NBA draft. I love this take. I have been beating the drum for Hunter Salas as a potential two-and-done lottery or first-round caliber player. Now, I was much more confident in that belief before we had the, the epic week with Bolton and Strother and Timmy coming back and Malachi Smith coming to Gonzaga. That dramatically changes Gonzaga's outlook as a whole for next season, but it also changes... The situation for a guy like Hunter Salas and, again, for Nolan Hickman, for Dominic Harris, for basically everybody who's returning to this team. For Salas to be good enough to be a late lottery pick, he's going to have to play almost certainly 20 to 25 minutes per game at a minimum. That's going to be hard to do. Now, I think Salas, from a pure talent perspective, could very easily be Gonzaga's most talented guard next season. But he's the rawness. Like, he's going to have to be a pretty much fully polished product starting the season in order to be in that starting lineup on game one. Because if he's not completely polished, if he hasn't ironed out some of those things that he was working on last year, the outside shooting uh, was a was a particularly notable one, then he's going to be behind Malachi Smith and Rasheed Bolton in the pecking order. And Mark Few's a little hesitant to make changes throughout the season, so it could be a situation where Salas has to fight throughout the season to get into that rotation. If that happens, hard to imagine it being a late lottery pick. But if he emerges really well early in the year or is dominating off the bench to begin the season and starts getting more and more minutes, then yeah. Again, he doesn't need to be Gonzaga's second leading scorer to be a lottery pick. Zach Collins was a lottery pick and he came off the bench. It can happen. And Salas could come off the bench and be a lottery pick. That wouldn't shock me either. I also... I, I think it's po- I think this take is possible, and I think it's just right, which is where I'm labeling it. Uh, but a lot of things are going to have to kind of fall in line for this to become a reality. All right, we're going to close out today's episode with some potential lineups for Gonzaga coming from some listener-submitted hot takes right after this. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags, still going through Andy Locks for the first time this offseason. If you have hot takes and you're listening to this and you're like, I want to hear what Andy has to say about that, feel free to reach out to me. You can follow me on Twitter at ScoreZagsScore, or you can email me at AndyPatton013 at gmail.com. I don't know when we're going to do the next Andy Locks, but if you're interested in being a part of it, send those to me. We'll get them in a note sheet and we'll get them out sometime over the summer. All right, a couple more here in the final segment. This one comes from Can Eyeball on Twitter, who says, Few will experiment with three or more different starting lineups next season. So I have in my notes too cold, but I think this is kind of right on the line between too cold and just right. I think I think he's going to probably mess with the starting lineup a little bit more than we've seen him do in years past. But I think most of that messing around is going to come very early in the year. And once he finds a lineup that he likes, he's probably just going to roll with that for the rest of the season. He's pretty stuck in his way in that that way. And sometimes, again, to a detriment, this year's team is so loaded with talent and so many different lineups that you can experiment with that I would like to see him be more experimental but he's also been doing this for 21 years, so I'm not sure that he wants to be a lot more experimental. So I think three is about right. Uh, I think it's pretty likely that we'll see at least three different starting lineups next season. So I think I am still going to label this too cold, but it's kind of right on the line there. 
Next take comes from Goldblum underscore Matt, second of the show for him. He says, the best lineup by advanced metrics is Smith, Salas, Strother, Watson, and Timmy. So I do think, A, I love this lineup. I think this would be a very, very fun, very, very good defensive lineup for the Zags. Uh, And I do think that analytically, the analytics love Anton Watson. The analytics love Julian Strother. I think that this could be a very, very solid analytical lineup. My main concern is I just don't know how much that we're going to see this lineup, in part because, as I've said a handful of times, I really believe that Julian Strother is going to play a lot of minutes at the four, and they're going to play a lot of three-guard lineups. But there there are going to be instances where Watson and Timmy play together, and in those instances, I think Strother could slide down to the three. If this lineup gets enough run, I would not be shocked at all if it's Gonzaga's best analytical lineup. I'm just not sure how much run it's going to get. Next take comes from Christian via Gmail. Christian says, Nolan Hickman will average 11 points and four and a half assists during the 22-23 season. I think this is a little too hot. It's partly because it's very specific and super specific takes are usually a little bit too hot. Uh, 11 points is, it's a lot of points. Andrew Nemhard averaged just over 11 points last year, but his first season at, in Gonzaga at at Gonzaga in Spokane, excuse me, he averaged 9.2 points. That feels more likely for Hickman. Uh, Nemhart barely hit 11. He's a better offensive player, and I, there wasn't as much competition for minutes in the guard room. Nolan Hickman could get squeezed out of playing time this season if Malachi Smith shows a, a very good ability to handle the basketball and to be the primary facilitator, which is what he's been throughout his career. But there's kind of this expectation that similar to Rasir Bolton, he's going to come to campus and be asked to play more off the ball, which I think is great and is going to be good for him and his overall, just how he contributes to this team. But I still think that Nolan Hickman's going to feel a lot of pressure from other guys to, if he's not playing well, he's going to get benched. He's going to get, other guys are going to play over him. And I think that that's enough to potentially keep Hickman from getting enough minutes on a game-by-game basis to hit those pretty lofty averages. 11 points again. Nemhard only hit it once when he was here. Uh, Four and a half assists. Again, you got to play 28, 30 minutes per night to probably get that for Nolan Hickman. I'm just not sure I see that for him this year. Next one, another one from Christian. He says, the Zags will have a pressure slash trap lineup that will include Hunter Salas, Anton Watson, and Dominic Harris. This lineup will be utilized in three to five minute game time bursts. Again, super specific. I like this. I think this is just right. I think that, A, I think the Zags will absolutely have a trap lineup. They've had that every year, at least that Anton Watson has been on campus. I think they've had it even before him as well. Uh, where they bring in guys off the bench, they immediately start doing that half-court trap, put a lot more pressure on the opposing team, change things up, force them to adjust to what Gonzaga is doing. Assuming Gonzaga does have a trap lineup this year, which, again, they almost always do, there's no reason that Anton Watson, Hunter Salas, and Dominic Harris would not be a part of that trap lineup. That is the skill sets that those three guys possess, is length, defensive intensity, high defensive IQ, like those guys are really, really good on that end of the floor. We haven't seen a ton from Dom, but the expectation is that that's really where he shines. So I don't think this is that hot of a take. The three to five minute burst, it kind of just depends on how Mark Views feel on that day and kind of what lineups they want to utilize. Uh, it's This wouldn't be their strongest offensive lineup. Uh, Salas, I think, has to prove it on that end of the floor. Watson, at this point, is pretty well established as a guy who makes much more of his impact on the defensive end of the floor. So I'm not sure how long he'll go with this lineup, but I do think they will have a trap lineup. And I do think these three guys will be a part of it. Two more takes to get through today. This one comes from Aaron Smith, UCA, on Twitter, who says, Gonzaga is the number one rated defense in Ken Palm. 
I think this is just right. I think it could happen. I think they have the pieces to make this happen. I think one of the biggest hinges is the fact that Drew Timmy is going to play 30 minutes per night, and he's not a great defensive player. Chet Holmgren helped kind of erase any of the challenges that this team was having on the defensive end of the floor. There's not a Chet Holmgren this year. There is an Efton Reed. He's a good defensive player. He's not really a rim protector. So their ability to defend the rim is going to be more like that 2020-2021 team when Corey Kispert was playing the four and Drew Timmy was playing the five. Good defensive team, not necessarily a great defensive team. It's going to be pretty tough for this team to get all the way up to number one, uh, but that's why it's a, it's a good hot take. And the final take of the show, the next one from Christian. Christian says, Mark Few will coach for seven more seasons at Gonzaga before becoming the host of a fishing show called Fly Fishing with Few. Seven years feels roughly right for Mark Few, although it's really hard to guess. The man plays it close to the chest. I will say... The day that Mark Few retires, the press conference where he announces his retirement, when he walks away from that press conference, he is never going to want to be on TV again. I feel very confident in saying that. It doesn't mean that he won't be on TV anymore. He almost certainly will because he's a public figure, extremely well-known figure, not just in Spokane, but in the college basketball community. But I think that when he walks away from that, one of the things that he's going to be feeling is pure relief that he doesn't have to be on camera nearly as often for the rest of his life. So him hosting a fishing show, while it would be fun and I would watch the heck out of it, does not feel like something that is in the cards for coach when his playing or his coaching career is over. All right, that is going to do it for me today. We are going to talk even more about these roster changes, Gonzaga's title aspirations. We got so much stuff coming rest of this week, of course, all of next week as well, right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board for your second listen. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags!